You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javano Kelly live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for another incredible session of the African Father in America podcast. I am excited for today's conversation here uh, in the African Father in America club. We are actually live on Clubhouse and uh, we are also live on YouTube. And today I have an amazing guest uh, joining me all the way from Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, we are going to have an amazing conversation that is uh, grounded on an African proverb. Our proverb today is from Mali, and uh, uh, I'm going to share it in just a second. Maybe I'll let my guest say hello briefly. Thank you, Simon. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Vincent Mwangi, and I am the community-led partnerships lead at Mama Hope, and I am based in Nairobi, Kenya. And thank you for taking the time to join us. I am excited to having this thought-provoking thought conversation. And particularly, I'm grateful for Afia podcast for the great job and like creating this space um, where we get to talk um, about um, issues that are rarely talked about. Uh, and so I'm so much excited and grateful to be uh, to be around and being present in these um, podcasts and I look forward to interacting more and getting to learn from each other. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm also really, really excited to uh, host you here today, Vincent, especially because, uh, you know, you've been one of the driving forces behind uh, Mama Hope in, in, in Africa, in Kenya. And, uh, you know, I, I really commend you for the amazing work that you're doing. Uh, and so I'll share our proverb uh, from Mali. Uh, it says that a rooster is not expected to crow for the whole world. A rooster is not expected to crow for the whole world. If you're watching this on YouTube, share with us your thoughts in the comments. We are going to start the clubhouse uh, room in just a moment here. I am noticing that we haven't started there, so we'll start in a moment. For now, I want to share the proverb again. A rooster is not expected to crow for the whole world. When you hear this proverb, what is it that comes to your mind? Now, uh, I want to share the three nuggets of wisdom that are related to this proverb. Uh, my team and I picked these three uh, nuggets of wisdom because we felt that they are really some of the three lessons that we can all learn. Uh, potentially from this proverb. So I'll share them quickly. Let Vincent uh, also speak about his own interpretation of the proverb. And then I will start the clubhouse room. So the first uh, nugget of wisdom says that don't try, don't try to please everyone. You know, uh, we, we, it's so tempting. It's so tempting when you, you, you know, when you, you have people around you uh, that are difficult to work with, it's easy to fall into uh, the habit of just constantly pleasing people, but we are being advised by this proverb that we should not do that. Number two, you can't control what others do or think. So focus on what you can control, you know, focus on what you can control. And then number three is do your best and be proud of your accomplishments, even if they are not recognized by others, you know. 
um, there's a there's a saying uh, and uh, this is a popular saying I've heard it lately from Eliud Kipchoge who is uh, the greatest marathon runner of all time and he says that the worst thing to do is to lie to yourself you know uh, you should always be honest to yourself so uh, the things that you know you honestly cannot control don't even worry about them you know you can't control what people say about you so uh, just stay focused work hard and know what you're putting in in whatever endeavor that uh, you know is in front of you so um, as usual I want to bring on my special guest today so that we can also uh, understand this proverb from your own perspective Vincent um, I want to give you an opportunity to, so that you can, you know, uh, introduce yourself even a little more, you know, uh, just quickly uh, the work that you do at Mama Hope and also your own interpretation of this proverb. When we sent it to you, what is it that uh, came up for you? Yeah, sure. Thank you. And um, so my role at Mama Hope um, as a community-led partnerships lead entails uh, working with our partners, um, I'm the one who leads all our partnerships in Africa, and I do also support our partnerships in Guatemala, in Central America. Uh, and so what I do is I ensure that our partners have access to um, unrestricted funding, as well as they get the needed um, programmatic support to ensure that their organizations are moving forward. And also uh, at Mama Hope, we also like, um, I also do support in other areas where need uh, where need be, and so it's just um, my main role uh, in the organization is just ensuring that our partners' needs are at the forefront um, at um, of everything that the organization does. And when we talk of the proverb, uh, first of all, I just have to say that um, it was it's such an interesting proverb because I haven't heard of it again, and so it was. Um, an amazing opportunity for me to learn something. Um, and it was quite thought-provoking again, because I realized, um, so I was looking at it, and if you if you look at a rooster, it's more of a residential uh, uh, bird, you know, like you'll always find it in the homesteads. And that's quite common, especially in African uh, households. Um, and so when you think of, the proverb and looking at the rooster uh, being a residential or rather a homestead bird and you uh, my interpretation to it was that you have to know your limits and you have to know that you are creating impact um, in the smallest way possible because in as much as a rooster is found within the limits of a homestead or a residential area, you find that it creates deep impact within that locality and we do not um, expect it uh, in any way to be of, you know, like to be heard all over. And so uh, connecting it to uh, ourselves as human beings, um, it is important for us to have limits when it comes to whatever we do. We, we need to know that we have our own strengths and we also have our own weaknesses and we also have our limits when it comes to ways in which um, we push ourselves. And so what I got to, what I learned from that is that you, you really need to take things slowly and you also need to appreciate the little things that you do, uh, even in life, knowing that 
um, the, as best as you're trying, you're creating um, impact within your own um, your own uh, jurisdiction, for instance. So, yeah, that's that was my interpretation of the the proverb. Excellent, excellent. I love it. Uh, I love it, uh, Vincent. Uh, I want you to hold on for a moment. We have a, a few other special guests uh, and speakers that are going to contribute to our session today. Wednesdays are always poetry sessions here in the African Father in America podcast. So we have our amazing resident poet, Chioma, uh, and uh, we also have our wonderful uh, sister, Simply E, who is also an amazing poet that joins us every Wednesday. So. I want to create space for Chioma to also briefly share her own perspective on this proverb. And uh, Chioma, if you feel ready, uh, this would be a good time for you to also share with us the poem. Then we'll come back to Vincent and uh, dive deep into your story, Vincent. I want you to think about this now. Uh, you know, I always share with guests that join me here in the African Father in America podcast my own story of when i was eight years old i think you being in kenya and having grown or having uh, heard of uh, how people live in the slum i grew up in manyata which is one of the worst slums uh, in the country and uh, i you know by the time i was eight i had a bicycle i was distributing milk and bread in the neighborhood so um you know navigating through all the the gangs and the and and uh, you know what's going on in kenya right now with the insecurity and all of that that's that's normal in manyata it's like it's no news you know but uh i i grew up living with all those people you know <laughs> so think about your own story of what is it that happened when you are a little younger that really drives who you are because your responsibility at mama hope now is huge and um so I'll, I'll keep you in there uh, muted for a second while we hear from Chioma Shiri, who is a gifted and uh, talented writer and poet. Chioma, how are you? I'm fine, Simon. Can you hear me okay? Fantastic. I hear you very, very loud and clear. Very loud Yay. and clear. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we missed you last week. Share with us how you I are. I missed you too. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I nice. am good. I am good. I'm just hoping that the Wi-Fi and stuff stays strong um, currently in Nigeria, but I'm good. I am good. Um, thanks, Simon. I'm just happy to be um, back in the space. Mm um sorry i missed y'all last week but simply e like thank you so much for reading my interpretation and the poem so beautifully like i went back and listened to some of the replay and i just heard simply e reading and i was like oh this is so beautiful i was like that's exactly how i would have wanted it to be read so thank you all so much for um still like bringing my voice into the space even though i wasn't there last week i really do appreciate it of course of course uh, the poem you sent was so enticing. I was so tempted to read it. And then Simply came and I was like, Simply can read it better than me. So <laughs> I have to give up. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, uh, for those who are meeting Chioma for the first time, Chioma takes these proverbs and literally turns them into a poem. So uh, Chioma, if you want to, uh, you know, share your interpretation and then share the poem. That's great. If you want to just share the poem, that's also great. But now that you said you're in Nigeria today, I want to know where in Nigeria 
and uh, whether you're just visiting or family yeah, or what? kind of just <laughs> visiting family stuff um but i'm i'm in abuja right now wonderful so wonderful. the capital pretty much yeah this is what wakanda <laughs> does to people you watch wakanda then you find yourself in nigeria i'm joking so <laughs> <laughs> i have not watched it yet i need to watch it though <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Okay. The floor is yours. All right. So I'll start first with my interpretation. I came in at the tail end of Vincent. I'm like, oh, my God, he was saying so much good stuff. Um, but my my interpretation, so this, this proverb for me, like it speaks to the importance of making an impact where you are, um, using and focusing your voice on your community. Um, so that could be your family, your neighborhood, your village, your city, but like the people that are close to you. Um, I think like oftentimes people like put pressure on themselves to have to be like heard by everybody or seen by everybody or liked by everybody. Um, and I know personally that sometimes I can even get in that trap where I forget that those around me and like the community I, ha I have made is my world and like is valuable and important. Um, and that, like, I don't need to, nor is it expected of me to be everybody and everywhere. Um, so this proverb kind of brings me back um, to center, brings me back to my community. Um, and the thing about, like, a rooster is, like, the crow is, like, really big and powerful. Um, like, I remember I was at my aunt's house um, in California, and I heard, like, the rooster in the morning. I'm like, where in the world is a rooster around here? Where is it? And she was telling me, she was like, yeah, it's like a house, like, few blocks down. And I'm like, few blocks? Like, and that little rooster could be heard. Um, so to me, like, it also speaks, like, to the fact that, like, your power isn't, like, limited by, like, how far your crow reaches, you know? So it doesn't matter if you have like a thousand followers or two or whatever, um, like your crow, um, your voice, your impact matters and is still big and is still powerful. Um, and like the last thing, um, it, I don't necessarily have like anything to quite like say on it, but like I'm sort of like meditating on the idea too. Um, you know, rooster is sort of like categorized as sort of like the male chicken. So that kind of like gave me something to like meditate on and sometimes to some uh, meditate on something too. Um, but yeah, that's my interpretation. Um, and I will go into the poem. Give me one second. All right, you guys can still hear me? Yes, we can. We are we are okay. now salivating for that poem. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. So the poem, here we go. It's okay that they don't hear you across the water. They can hear you across the street, across the room, across the table. Your voice resonates right here. Your voice is needed right here. Anywhere you are, with anyone you meet, your words they carry over further than you could carry them yourself. You need not carry the world on your back. Don't lose your voice screaming to be heard by everybody. Don't lose yourself screaming to be heard by everybody. We see you. We hear you. You got us. We got you. We got us. That's the poem. Wow, wow, wow. That's so incredible. So incredible. 
uh, simply e i want you to just speak uh, a bit uh, in response to the poem and then uh, i will say a few things as we bring on vincent our special guest on shioma i love that piece um you know what i have to be really technical because you just said you don't need you don't need that you don't need this you don't need that and i think that's the most important piece is is people uh sometimes we make things that we want into a need in our minds <laughs> and then we have to get down to the psychology of that thing right even to say why would i want that even you know if we meditate on it for a moment those questions will start coming and we'll start going down the rabbit hole <laughs> but what you've done is started the rabbit hole because you're saying you don't need that you don't need that so then a person would take a step back and say either what do i need or why don't i need um and so i think that it's very profound um in the fact that the rabbit hole is there and a person can actually find the bottom of that if they keep asking those questions upon questions and so thank you uh for the journey that you put inside of the poem that's beautiful <laughs> i always love your um <laughs> your responses to the poem i always feel like i have more notes to take so thank you so much thank you and it was a pleasure reading your piece last week as well yeah it's it's always really a privilege to have two poets every wednesday because i don't know what i would be doing in response to these poems because they're all just good but to have uh, an amazing uh, poet uh, in you simply e just being present to support chioma but also say a few things about the 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 poems uh, chioma has been bringing to us really really uh, go a long way uh, i want to quickly give a shout out to eric aluru who was our guest yesterday and uh i have have to say that uh since i began interviewing some of the leaders uh, from across africa especially who are benefiting from the work of mama hope uh i have really really become mo- more motivated uh because i know i'm not alone in this work the the work you do eric over there in kisumu is much appreciated uh and also to everyone who is watching on youtube thank you so much for joining us if you haven't subscribed to the channel this is a good time for you to do that and also make sure you give this video a thumbs up if you are on clubhouse uh thank you so much uh simply do you just want to tell everyone on clubhouse what they could do to support absolutely if you want to see um if you want to see faces <laughs> um go to youtube and subscribe because then you'll be able to see everything live um in that space and i think that's pretty dope um we're of course um i'm joining from the space of clubhouse so if you have some input and you're in on clubhouse or even if you're not you can it's easy to get on clubhouse um and you can actually give some input in the space which i think is pretty cool right being able to say oh i enjoyed this space i can give some input tell your friends hey i was actually on a podcast today <laughs> um and i think that that's pretty that's a pretty cool experience so if you've never done that before i think that was a, that would be a good space to to step out and do something nice like that um bring your friends along so if you've got people that would enhance the space or that you think would be able to get something out of the space for sure invite them as well uh and in the mornings if you want to just get a head start be sure to 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 follow on instagram 
um, as well um, so that you're able to see, you know, kind of what's up there. You can give input that way. And as you're subscribing on YouTube, you know, you can give feedback also in the comments. I think that's pretty cool. Also, you can tweet it out, you know, just kind of wherever you're comfortable at. Um, you can pull some other people in or you can give input as well. So I think just being comfortable where you are and being able to participate in that space, wherever you are, is is pretty cool. But um, like I said, I think a lot of people are missing out on the factor of Hey, I could I could actually give some input to the world because I can hop on stage, maybe in Clubhouse, give some input and be on a podcast. That's pretty cool. Um, so if you're a part of family like we are in here, want to be part of the family, come join us. Thank you, Simon. Of course, of course. Thank you again. Um, you know, just quickly, I want to also give a shout out to Masha Mutisi, who was, was our guest last week. Uh, and is doing amazing work uh, in Zimbabwe and in the Zimbabwean community here in Seattle. Thank you for joining us. Uh, now, Vincent, I want to bring this to you. <laughs> You're not running away from that answer. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Vincent. Yeah, sure. Um, thank you. Um, and so uh, going back into the my childhood story that has really shaped whom I am today. Um, I'd start by saying that I, I was born and raised in Nairobi. And over the years, I've, since I came to this earth, uh, I've, I've, I've seen how the city has transformed and how the city has grown. And um, over when I was young, um, it's quite unfortunate that I grew up seeing the kind of um, inequalities um, people, uh, especially the people who lived in the in informal settlements or who were basically in the in uh, contributing to the informal economy, how uh, they were marginalized, and this happens to be like I did have some family members who were also impacted by some of these uh, decisions by the government, and so. Um, I I remember because uh, my ma my mother used to have um, a business in Westlands. For those people who know Westlands, it's uh, over over time the 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 area has grown to a point where now it's some form of a business district. But then back then um, it never used to be as it is today. And so um, she she was also affected, especially when we got a new government um, in 2002 under uh, President Moi Kibaki. And so uh, the government was really doing a lot of transformation in terms of like um, trying to, you know, like beautify the city as well as um, expand roads for investors to come uh, into Kenya and uh, make Kenya more investor, you know, friendly and attractive. Um, and so I grew up seeing those kind of uh, marginalization and one thing that I kept on asking myself is why is it uh, a certain group of people who are always treated in this manner because uh, also I, I went to school in Westlands um, and along um, our school there's a road called School Lane um, and there's this guy who used to sell uh, mangoes to us during the mango season and he used to sell them at one shilling and so he was a small scale trader and he always uh, he always used to come to sell the mangoes after classes. And I remember there's a time, it was actually even on news, when he 
he was chased away because even the police were brought to chase him away because apparently uh, he was said to be selling drugs to kids. But then um, I kept on wondering why, because uh, he did have, like, I, I, I tend to believe, because I used to see other people, people who would sell ice cream. Um, again, also, like, uh, if you go to town, you'd see how hawkers would be, would be tear gassed because they are selling by the roadside. And so I kept on wondering why uh, a certain group of people, or rather people contributing, uh, just working to uh, gain some livelihood, why they were treated in this way. And so um, I, I went to campus um, at the University of Nairobi with still the quest to understand ways in which I can be of support to uh, the community or my people, especially people um, in the grassroots level. And so uh, I did um, international studies and uh, at the university still, I didn't feel like I was getting the kind of um, uh, knowledge, not really knowledge, but really doing that. It wasn't really within the passion that um, I was uh, looking to, uh, working with people directly. And so um, one thing I didn't really enjoy was how, um, especially how uh, lost, there was lost touch between uh, the the real things that are happening within communities and within like um, people that especially that were being discussed because like for instance we we, we normally used to have forums uh, I, I used to attend a lot of forums about uh, let's say war in South Sudan um, and we'd have these experts that would come around discussing um, uh, issues and ways of like ending the war but so many at times they used to happen in five-star hotels in Nairobi and so it never used to happen where the people where the war is happening like engaging the communities or like talking to them and getting to know what are the real issues that you people are facing and how do you think we can be able to tackle these issues and so with that uh, still I didn't feel like I was getting I was contributing to society as uh, I, as I had aspired to before and so before I graduated from university, I started my internship at Mama Hope and I started working with programs, uh, basically what we have right now as the community-led partnerships program. And I was so much inspired to see the kind of, uh, the kind of impact that was taking place um, at the grassroots level. And this is the reason why I, and this is something I really wanted to from the beginning because I wanted real change to see real change and work with people who are contributing to who are contributing positively to society and so with that um i feel like uh, growing up in nairobi and seeing the kind of uh, marginalization and mistreatment of people especially within the informal sector and the informal economy how how governments have sidelined them over the years is something that has uh, pushed me and shaped whom I am today because I still want to work with communities. I still want to work with people at the grassroots level and I still want to work in space, uh, be in spaces that bring um, real positive change um, in the world. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Vincent. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing, uh, you know, these small, small stories that make really uh, the, the story of why you do what you do today, you know. So uh, I deeply appreciate it. Uh, 
I want to just quickly recognize my wonderful friend uh, Carol Ndosi who is listening in. Uh, Carol, Mama, hope that uh, we are interviewing one of the leaders of is also doing great work in Tanzania. So I think you and Vincent need to connect. Uh, hopefully I can make that happen. Uh, if you're just joining us, my special guest today is Vincent Mwangi. He's in Nairobi, Kenya, and uh, we are having a conversation. Uh, right now we are talking about Vincent's story, but we are just about to get into the work that he does with Mama Hope, but especially uh, a campaign that is currently going on that uh, they are spearheading that is called Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is. And I feel that this is something really, really relevant, especially during this week where we had COP27, during this week where Jeff Bezos gave Dolly Parton $100 million uh, just as a sign of good gesture, while we have an amazing organization that serves so many people around the world that is currently only looking for $100,000, you know. So I think it's a good time for us to talk. Uh, Vincent, share with us, uh, you know, what exactly... Um, makes you proud of what you do at Mama Hope and uh, and then talk to us a little more about uh, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, thank you. Um, so uh, I, I, I tell because I've, I've said that uh, I've told I've shared that I've been in the organization since um, um, as an intern, I started out as an intern. And um, over the years, um, one thing um, have, I've been so proud of, um, Mama Hope, the model. And um, our model at Mama Hope is uh, the community-led development model. And this is, the mod this is a model that centers community and places, places them at the forefront. And the model also aspires to give community leaders the power um, to shape their own vision and ensure that um, they are able to contribute to their communities positively. And I, as someone who's worked um, at Mama Hope for all those years, I've seen how much as a team we've been working towards learning and ensuring that we are able to um, to walk our talk, if, I'll, if I'd say that. Because if you look at the community-led development model, I'd say it's it's a model that many of the practitioners in the international development sector have shied away. And when I say they've shied away from it is from the real or from a practical perspective. Because um, um, a few uh, last month we we did have um, an event where we were celebrating 10 years of the community-led development model and we were trying to show uh, people that our um, our model is more than a buzzword because if you look at majority of the organizations or rather majority of what's happening within the sector it's become more of a buzzword where people are just talking about uh, who are, people are just talking about um, cool stuff uh, which are so good on paper, but if you look at them in real sense, uh, it's something that's really not happening. And at Mama Hope, we've really tried to be um, 
to ensure that we are able to work with um, our partners and be there for them and work with them through the journey. We do understand the challenges, especially for uh, partners, um, especially the ones in the global south. Um, and when I talk of global south, I'm basically talking about our partners in Guatemala and our partners in Ghana, Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, uh, in what we call sub-Saharan Africa. And we do know the challenges that uh, partners face. And it's something that uh, during my conversations with them, I normally, uh, uh, they normally share. And so Mama Hope has really tried to be there to, um, for partners and, uh, and to understand them and to be able to work with them uh, throughout this journey and work with them in building systems that do work for the communities and ensuring that partners remain at the center and ensure that they still voice um, or rather they still own their their voices and so that's something that's um, that i'm still proud of at mama hope uh, being being at mama hope and put your the put your money where your mouth is campaign is something I, i'm just going to give a little bit of a background um in regards to um various things that um, I that have shaped the international development sector uh, to a point where we are at right now. Because when you talk about put money where your mouth is, we are literally calling the uh, development partners to walk their talk, uh, as I said earlier. And what um, I mean by that is, if you look at the international development sector, it's really come through, uh, it's, it's had a long journey, that's what I'd say. And it's come. It's 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 had a long journey for both uh, communities in the global south and also for uh, the donor uh, countries, um, basically countries in the west. And if you look at, let's say, how the beginnings of the international development uh, sector, they've um, you'd find that uh, during it, it all started after the Second World War. Uh, it's it's been there for quite a long time, but its formalization really started after the Second World War with um, with the rebuilding of uh, of the world after the war. And you know, like we had the Marshall Plan with the United States, and then later on, few years later, we did have uh, countries, especially African countries, gain independence. And so, the way the sector was shaped um, over the years, I feel like. Um, it's really evolved over time. And there are certain things that we still see that were happening or rather the mindset that was happening back then. Because if you look at, uh, if you look at the global development sector as it is right now and how it was before, is that its beginnings, especially working with African countries was to, it, it was to help these countries that are uh, rebuilding these countries that have just gained independence. Because like, if you look from 1960s, there was this wave of independence within Africa. Um, and so you find that majority of the organizations from back then, because even for us in Kenya, when we gained independence from Britain, uh, our inaugural speech by the first president was one of the goals that Kenya was working towards was eradication of poverty, ignorance, and disease. And one thing that I keep on asking myself till today is what's the end goal of the international development sector? What, what is the end goal? What are we working towards? What, what are some of the things, what are the interventions that we, 
we want to bring upon communities and how are we doing that because if you look at majority of like um, what or the practices that have been there within the development sector it's been fighting towards ensuring that the dignity and the independence of community is respected and maintained because over time we've seen like when i and this is like when i was growing up when poverty porn was the thing you know there's a time in within the international development sector where uh showing images of poverty uh, images of um drought-stricken kids or people was a selling point and over time we've seen communities being like this is not our story you know we have positive things happening within our community and if um at mama hope we also we've also had like campaigns um talking about um where we've talked about ethical media through our stop the pity campaign which i'd really encourage people to go and watch and look um, um and find uh, videos on youtube because one thing is that we really wanted to show that communities have the potential and the only thing that they lack is the resources for them to unlock this potential you know and so one thing when you talk about the put your money where your mouth is it's a higher um, advocacy or it's um hard term it is that we we really want to have international development partners um channel more resources to communities because as studies have shown uh, a lot of money does not get to like national organization national organizations i was just reading um an article the other day uh about a foundation it's a it's a united states it's an american foundation and a staff member was being interviewed um, in that um, it was a report and and the staff member and they were saying that the term localization has been there for like it's the term localization which is another buzzword that is existing right now within the international development sector has been there for 30 years and 30 years that means since 1992 that people started talking about localization and the reason why localization hasn't been able to be achieved it's because of the kind of system where we work we work in you know like majority of the organizations do not want to change based on the uh, principles of localization and when you talk about the principles of localization is letting uh, organizations uh, or community leaders be at the center stage giving having access to unrestricted funding and also being able to, you know, like showing the positive narrative or the sharing positive voices within the community. And so if someone says that localization has been there for 30 years, it shows that there's a lot of things that, there's a lot of potential held within the international development sector. It's only that people are not ready to give or rather trust community leaders. Uh, or even with the resources, because as we've said that, uh, we've always said that local leaders know they have solutions to their problems. It's only that they do not have the resources. And so again, we've said again and again that Africa does not need aid. We need investments. And so with all these things, uh, the put your money where your mouth is campaign is just calling upon development partners to give communities a chance to steer or rather shape their own futures because we've done that and we've seen that it works and we've seen that 
we've seen the kind of impact that can be achieved when communities are left or are led to drive their own development agendas. So yeah, um, it's just upon for the international development sector to just walk the talk and just let communities uh, shape their own development agenda. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I I love it. I love it. I hosted uh, Judy uh, uh, Jane Bodhi, one of your colleagues, last week. Uh, she was in Australia when we were talking. Is it no New Zealand, right? New Zealand, somewhere yeah. very very far away. It's Australia. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> anyway, so I asked her. Uh, you know, if you had an opportunity to sit with some of these big uh, organizations that are putting their money in the wrong place, uh, I called out Jeff Bezos earlier, you know, uh, because he literally did it this week, you know. Uh, imagine that $100 million, if it was put in my hands, you know, <laughs> I think I would do the right things with it, you know. Dolly Parton is already a millionaire, you know. Uh, what is she going to do with that? Maybe just distribute it to, uh, you know, distributed to the, the similar projects that uh, people people do for you know for photo for, for the purpose of photos and media and all of that uh, and also most of that money is probably going to be spent here in the US or somewhere in Europe uh, and maybe maybe it's actually hundred thousand that is actually going to get to <laughs> to Africa or the developing world you know so uh, I just I just think it's a game that these people are playing these people are just trying to uh, to 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 pay less taxes, you know. Uh, if you look at how uh, someone like Jeff Bezos pays his taxes, very little, you know. Uh, but uh, for us, uh, it's a matter of survival, you know. It's a matter of survival. This message for uh, this message that is 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 related to where money needs to be spent is also a matter of reparation. There, there's so much injustices that have happened historically that can be corrected. Uh, or repaired uh, through this process of uh, aid uh, if it's done in a way that it's trade, not aid, you know. Um, so I want you to pick maybe one or two organizations that if you are sitting in, in a conference room with them, uh, you tell them, hey, uh, this, is, this needs to change. Simon, I, I, <laughs> I won't do it. I, 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 I won't call out any organization but one thing i'd say is that they know themselves um yes <laughs> so, but but listen uh, this is this is part of the problem this is part of the problem because a lot of us including me you know i always criticize i always say things behind this in behind closed doors but if jeff bezos if i was sitting with G bill gates will i tell him the truth you know uh, because these people are human beings, you know, they listen to podcasts, they read blogs, you know, uh, but if nobody is willing to actually tell them that, hey, this money could have been spent appropriately, even if you don't get funding for five years from them, somebody else will actually fund you for being courageous and saying the right thing. But you don't have to, because I know that your, your job could be on the line. Uh, I know that you have to safeguard um you know other things but then what's the point in doing a campaign called put your money where your mouth is if you can't actually talk to those people that are not putting their money where their mouth is you know that's something to also think about uh and also think about like who who am i really trying to address here you know uh it's really really important that we think about that but uh, i want you to um you know take a moment 
and listen to some of the contributions that our friends who joined us for the show are going to share today and uh, let me know what you think you know i want you to reflect on some of the things that are going to be shared here in a moment and also i want you to share with us what can we do to support you and mama hope uh, you know towards the end of this show so think about the website where you want us to go and whether you want us to contribute to the campaign um I'll come to you simply e uh, share with us your own uh, reflections on this entire conversation and also uh, share with us um you know uh your thoughts on this proverb uh, chioma I haven't forgotten about you <laughs> um so a rooster is not expected to crow for the whole world um so I've actually been woken up by roosters before um and it's you know of course when you first start hearing it depending on whether you're a child or not or if it's just an experience that you've never had before and all of a sudden you're getting it at first you, you're like oh this is beautiful yay and then <laughs> you start figuring out that the rooster not only crows in the morning um, and not only that but tomorrow you might want to wake up a little bit later but the rooster they're waking you up so the thing about it is when you talk about that, everybody is on a different schedule, um, depending on what their agenda is, what they have to do, how they prioritize things, how much rest they got the night before. Um, so saying a rooster is not expected to crow for the whole world is very appropriate because we're not on the same schedule. We don't have the same agenda. We don't have the same priorities. So just having an alarm set for a certain time doesn't give credence or importance to everybody. It's local, it's right there where you are at the time and appropriate for that moment, hopefully. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what I got out of, the, uh, out of the, um, the proverb for today is that you really have to use discernment in a moment to know if something that's just important to you, if it's important to other people also. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Simply. Hey, Lavender, how are you doing? Where are you joining us? And what are your own perspectives on this proverb that we are discussing today? Hi, Simon. This is Lavender. I'm speaking from Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, my thoughts about today's proverb, a rooster is not expected to crow for the whole world. What comes to mind is that charity begins at home. A home can be your own soul or yourself. And um, when uh, we hear about roosters, roosters are usually meant from long time ago traditionally to give reminders of certain uh, change in time, in seasons. And um, it's like a symbol of, uh, that reminds us to make the difference. When we feel like we need to change something, we need to work on it from within and then um, expanded to our community and change goes from one person at a time. Thank you, Simon. This is Lavender and I'm done speaking. 
Thank you so much, Lavender, for your time and your amazing contribution. Hey, Steve, how are you and what are your thoughts on this proverb? I'm very well, uh, Simon. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, and uh, thank you to our guest for being part of this uh, session. What comes to my mind when uh, I look at this proverb first is uh, uh, reflecting back the significance of uh, roster uh, in our homesteads and uh, the role that a roster plays just besides uh, the crow. <clears throat> but then also the other thing that comes to my mind is, see, in many homes, if you don't hear your roster crows, then you must be worried. And uh, you start questioning the ability of your, your, your roster. So what comes to my mind is that we shouldn't be silent if uh, we have the potential to uh, save a situation. We should not be afraid to crow. We should just speak out and uh, speak as loud as we can. That's what really comes to my mind when I read uh, uh, this proverb. Thank you, Simon. That was my time. Thank you so much, Steve. I love that. I love that. Uh, I appreciate you being here. Uh, Brother Arth, how are you doing? And uh, what are your perspectives on the proverb? Peace and love, family. It's Brother Earth. I'm coming from the North Carolina Territory. Hey, and Simon, uh, help me to understand this, if I'm correct. It, it seemed, uh, you know, I got a lot going on in the background, but it seemed to me that... Uh, he made a comment that a lot of the big organizations, the guest speaker said a lot of the big organizations, they've been saying that they want to uh, help uh, localize, uh, want to start localizing stuff for 30 years, but they're not really putting their money up there. That's what they're saying, but their money not following the, the same thing. And that's where to put your money uh, where your mouth campaign is. Is, is that is that what I did I hear that correct that's correct that's correct and and uh, there are so many strategies to accomplish this uh, you know uh, there is holding account holding them holding these big organizations and these individuals accountable publicly having campaigns like this where they're just told but they're actually no it's not put in their face you know i like putting things to people's face because these people bring poverty to our faces all the time you know uh i've seen i've seen people i know living in abject poverty i've lived in abject poverty so i'm not afraid to actually bring the truth to people's faces you know uh, and I would love to have dinner with Jeff Bezos and actually show him where to put his money and even Bill Gates. But uh, there are fewer. First of all, you know, by the time you have a chance to do that, it takes a lot of work. But the more we talk about it, the more they will see a need to actually meet the people who have a, a good understanding of the challenges that we are facing, you know. Um, yes brother uh, brother brother Earth, it's it's a it's a big problem it's a game it's an industrial complex mm, that's powerful you say that simon and uh not only did i hear the brother say it today uh but one of the other brothers from mother hope also uh, made mention is uh africa needs investments and not aid 
And the other brother said it in a way he was like, uh, where, you know, they need uh, aid and they don't need nobody to be like a godfather or, or a pimp over them with the money in so many words. And you know what, that, what it, made, it made me reflect and think about this. Um, you know, it's an old proverb says that, you know, if you give a man fish, you feed him for a day, but if you teach him how to fish, uh, he can fish for a lifetime. And I worked for a guy. He used to like to have people, you know, I used to tell him, give me my money. I can take care of my own bills. Let me do what I need to do. And, you know, as we progress, I need increase to be able to maintain more stuff like this. Anyway, he used to like for the dudes at the job to come get money from him during the week, borrow money out their check and stuff like that. Like he, he, he basically he wanted them. Uh, he would, he would, he preferred to give people fish when he had the opportunity to teach them how to fish. That way they would be dependent upon him. And that's the same thing uh, that those big com uh, companies are doing when they do like that with the money. They rather uh, give you fish than to teach you how to fish or allow you to fish on your own. And that's what I say to that. But as far as the proverb goes, uh, and I, I think a lot of people already spoke uh, to it, it, it reminds me of a saying that, you know, our politics are local. See, like even in the United States, they say they have federal laws and stuff like that, but certain states or certain areas in certain regions, the federal laws don't apply. You know, like you say, some places, the federal laws they got to do with marijuana don't apply. Some places, the federal law of prostitution don't apply. Gambling, it's all, it all according to who is being spoke for. So with, with that being said, I, I would say the proverb also speaks to, uh, you know, one, one person can't speak for the whole of everybody. It's exceptions to the rule, and we have to be uh, mindful of these nuances. And I'll park my plane right there as brother Earth. Peace and love, fam. Thank you, brother Earth. I deeply appreciate that. Uh, let's hear from Kiden uh, briefly. Uh, I just want to uh, recognize a happily peaceful, another wonderful you know, leader that has that actually helped build the foundation for this show. Uh, hopefully, you can join us and say hi quickly, uh, Kid. And let's hear from you briefly. What are your thoughts on this proverb? Thank you, Simon. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Kiden joining you from South Florida. Um, I concur with everyone and everything they said about the um, the proverb. For me, I think about activism and how, like, if you're an advocate or activists in your community, like you're not expected to pick up other issues everywhere. And I think particularly for Africans, um, sometimes when things are happening in our communities, we're very loud about that. And then some people are saying, oh, well, what about us? And what about us? And it's like, we can't, we can't be the voice for the whole world. So it's just a reminder uh, for me. And I wanted to say that I enjoyed uh, Chioma's poem and look forward to more. Thank you. Fantastic. Speaking of Chioma, I want to bring you on Chioma uh, so that you can speak to, uh, you know, just reflect on everything you just had briefly before you come on uh, to Vincent. And really, Chioma, also let us know how did we do today? You know, you are one of those people who have also been very, very consistent and, you know, you, you can you can measure the, the heartbeat of uh, how this thing went today. Hey, Chioma, just let me allow Happily Peaceful to say something because I haven't uh, heard from him in a long time. Uh, happily, just go ahead briefly. 
Thank you very much, Simon. Um, it is lovely to see the group still going on, the family still going on, the tribe still going on, um, and everything that is being done by the, you is just, and also the family, Chioma, I see you, Simply, uh, Simply E, and also some familiar faces. It's an honor to be back to Clubhouse and also specifically to this room. I am grateful for everything and the labor of love you pour for this um, family that uh, we created or that you created and I helped with the little that I could do. Um, I wish you all the best and I can't wait to continue participating and joining the family back again and uh, seeing what's new and what's happening. Uh, we say bizu bizu, kisses to everyone, bizu bizu and uh, yeah. I was unprepared for, for anything much more. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Chioma, uh, you, you know, uh, take it from here. Sorry, Simon. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the internet went out because the generator went out for a sec, um, but I'm back. <laughs> That's great. That's Can you great. hear me, Simon? I hear you very well. I hear you very well. Go ahead. Okay, good, good, good. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so I'm just going to give, um, just comment on all the things that I heard. Um, starting with Vincent, I caught the tail, at the tail end of your interpretation. And you said, it is important for us to know we have limits. We have our own strengths. Take things slowly and appreciate the little things that you do. Um, and when you were talking, um, some of the, the points that I that I thought really hit me um, was when you said, what's the end goal of international development? Like, I just thought that was a really powerful question. Um, you said Africa doesn't need aid, it needs investment. Let communities shape their own development. Um, and I thought that really tied into the proverb so well. And um, brother actually kind of hit on it. Um, and he said, our politics are, are local. One person can't speak for the whole of everybody and we gotta be conscious. So when you said like, let communities like, like let communities do it themselves, just invest in communities and let them like do their own, you know, their own work. Um, that really just um, tied into like, you know, we can't, we can't come to a, a a community and try to say, oh, you need this or we're going to do this. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was really in line with the proverb today. Um, Simply E, you said we aren't on the same schedule. Don't We don't have the same agenda, don't have the same values. Um, use discernment in the moment to know if what is important to you is important to every for everyone else. And I hope that also <laughs> aligns so much with what... Um, Vincent and um, Brother Earth uh, shared as well. Um, Lavender, you said charity begins at home. Change goes from one person at a time. And you talked about how change has to start um, within first. Um, Steve, you said we shouldn't be silent if we are able to change a situation. We should speak out. And that like really hit me um personally <laughs> so thank you for saying that um and keaton you said um for activism you aren't expected to pick up issues um everywhere you can't be the voice 
of for the whole world and um that like gave me some peace because i know sometimes like there's just so much stuff going on in the world and you're like i want to do this i want to support this and it's like it's just not even possible um so those are the takeaways that i got i missed your what you said simon i came in a little late so i didn't catch what you heard what you said uh well i'll just joke and say that uh what steve said about uh you know if you're a if you're a if you are a rooster and you don't crow especially in my tribe you could actually be sold or you could be slaughtered you know so you have to really use your voice <laughs> yeah 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 it's very dangerous if if you if you are a rooster you have to do your job otherwise you know people will start talking that what kind of rooster is this you know <laughs> let's let's go and sell it in the market so that the whole neighborhood does not know that we have a rooster that never crows you know <laughs> okay vincent um uh, first of all i want to thank you all for just listening in we've been here for exactly one hour and now vincent i want you to close this with with what is it that we can do what actions can we take uh, to support you uh and i want you to know that uh, i'm very proud of you you know a uh, w- long time ago i used to be the field director for africa i worked in about six different countries for a big ngo and i was very very proud of the impact i was having at that time across the continent and i feel that you are in such a position right now where you are uh you know working with so many people that have interviewed here from Rwanda from uh, Uganda Tanzania and even outside of the continent so keep up the good work uh, and uh, you know continue bringing other people up uh, as you continue growing uh, in your leadership so uh, close it out for us please yeah thank you simon um uh, to close it up um i think one thing i'd really like to encourage everyone who's listening in or watching um live to just take some minutes and learn about the community led development model and also unlearn so many stereotypes that a majority of our community leaders have faced because there's too much especially uh, when it comes to trust uh, when it comes to uh, resources we've seen so many um international organizations especially western based organizations not trusting communities and these infiltrates into the wider like some of our african countries so you find that people have a different perspective of people who work in the ngo sector thinking oh there's money oh the reason why uh, development isn't oh the like things are not changing within the community yet they've been fundraising it's cuz they um they've probably misappropriated the funds and so i'd encourage anyone who's listening and you are you are from any any african countries or like the global south to go and just uh and like unlearn so many of the stereotypes that community leaders have been imposed on especially uh, when it comes to resources and also Uh, the other thing I'd also encourage people is to appreciate their communities and be there or, or rather contribute to their communities in one way or the other because if your community doesn't um, perform well or if your community doesn't do well it affects each and every one of us it doesn't matter whether you have a formal job you have an office job 9 to 5 you work in the corporate sector 
if your community is not um, excelling or people in your community are not uh, are still facing challenges it's going to affect you in one way or the other so one thing i'd like to encourage everyone or let everyone know is that anything to do with the community anything to do with uh, with community development impacts each and every one of us and its prosperity is is something that is that's going to benefit all of us and so just believe in your communities uh, be part of the community support your leaders and ensure that uh, you're playing a role because if you think uh, something doesn't affect you it really does affect you in very many indirect ways and for people to contribute um, like how you can contribute to the put your money where your mouth is campaign First of all, um, we do have um, uh, our online presence. You can find us on Instagram as Mama Hope. You can find us on Facebook, again, on the same name, Twitter. And also we do have our website, www.mamahope.org. And we do have a link um, on our Instagram bio that leads you to our classy page uh, where you can contribute. And just so you know, when you make a contribution, you are not only contributing to um, an organization, but you're contributing to um, to a whole community. You're, com you're contributing to a local, you're investing in the economy of a, of, a, of a local community. So take your time and check uh, and visit um, our online pages. And there, in it, you can find uh, links um, that we've put there uh, where you can send your donations. And also, I'd like to thank Simon for challenging me again. I'm just thinking uh, about it right now. And <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I feel like it's one of the weaknesses um, uh, I have. Uh, and so I think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to improve on that. But thank it's, you. Thank it's you not so a weakness, for, for yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah, of course, man. Um, it's not a weakness. It's uh, it's something that I could not do when I was in your position. You know, uh, right now I'm self-employed. I'm working for myself. So the, there are a lot of things I can say without being afraid, you know, because nobody is going to knock at my door or send me an email about what I said, you know. <laughs> but uh, I have to say that we have to we have to have more people talking directly to these people that we are trying to address. Otherwise, we are just we we, we are not um, our message is not reaching the people that uh, it's intended for. You know, and uh, for me, my daughters also listen to this podcast and they are going to challenge me. They are going to say, "So, Daddy, who are these people that are not uh, doing the right thing? Who are they?" Because children don't care. They just want you to actually demonstrate to them that there is a solution, you know. And if there is a solution, you know, and this is why you find that teenagers are leading the climate change mitigation effort. You know, look at the look at COP27. It was young people, Gen Zs, who are more courageous than us because they know what is at stake. They know that for us, we are about to exit this world and leave for them a big mess for them to deal with. So now that they've shown us what should be done, wh why can't we do it? So uh, I, I just uh, appreciate you for even talking about it. Uh, I know there's a lot of work to be done and you, you know you're already way ahead in, in terms of what you're doing because a lot of people just accept whatever they're given 
then they keep quiet you know which is which is also something i did for many years you know uh, but i feel that now is time uh, where uh, it's it's all or nothing you know uh, we have to protect africa at all costs we have to that, that's my life you know my life is sharing african proverbs every monday to friday in order to help change the narrative about africa you know and that comes at a cost you know i could have been there are many african people here in the diaspora that do a lot of great work in this one hour that i produce this show they've probably made a lot of money you know uh, they probably have big buildings in africa you know big projects you know i don't have any of that but i have the the the, the strength of my voice and my integrity uh, so uh, the ability to just say what is in my heart is is very very important to me so uh, i appreciate you and i appreciate everyone who has been watching and listening to our conversation today uh, i want to invite you to join us again tomorrow uh, this friday is really special to me we are reaching episode number 300 of the african father in america podcast and i think 300 is an important number so join us same time same place uh, and you know we will we will have a really good time together so um if you haven't subscribed subscribe uh, give this video a thumbs up if you haven't followed me on uh, on clubhouse uh, this is a good time for you to do that and uh, we will see you all tomorrow vincent thank you so much nigwedete muno thank you muno i i take care <laughs> thank you you are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokelo live from Seattle Washington